Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 23rd, 3rd, 3rd. In this episode, Canadian CONCACAF chaos, that's a lot of C's. The Premier League is back, Ole is sacked, but I like I'm rapping. We have new manager, manager bounces everywhere. There were two three threes, but first Mike. I was excited, probably more than you were. Conte, fist bumps, and is this the best half that Spurs has played since Pochettino? So the the clickbait answer is yes. The actual answer, the not fun one, is is Mourinho. Um, the first, it was the first Mourinho few weeks games. of Mourinho. I was there, and it was fucking fabulous. Also, the, um, this, the six three was good. The six one, whatever it was, was good. Well, yeah, but that was more about United playing like garbage, and then the oh, you mean they've been card. they've been terrible for a long time, and no one noticed. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and the thing that it reminded me of was the last season at White Hart Lane with like, mm. that's the clickbait answer you're looking for, right? Like where like Kane is flying and the goals are going in left and right. And I, I mean, they only won two to one, but they could have had five, right? So um, I, was that three posts they hit in the second half? Yeah, I just thought it was one of these things where the narrative was Spurs were playing how they had been this kind of like, how do we play? What do we do? There's three at the back. I Where's this guy supposed to be? Mora was doing his running. I thought Regulon was good. So I thought was he was really of- bad, but he was just, it was just a function that he was taking a lot of risks and sort of paying for a lot of them. Um, I, but he yeah. ends up being in the right place at the right time and scores the winner. I, so I thought it was nice to see Winks. I think Winks will be one of those players who can be coached. And we'll take on what the coach says. So yeah. he'll play. So he'll be a Conte guy. And Conte will say, fucking Dombele, you don't fucking listen. I'm going to go with this midget who doesn't do shit. But at least he does what I ask him to. And I'm going to ask him to pass forward. And he's going to pass forward. Anyway. It's, it's important. Well, let's stop there for a second. It's important to have Winks in the side and in, in contention for places. Because what you need out of him is to build up his confidence back, right? Like he sh- he's shattered. Mason tried a little bit after Mourinho, but it just never worked under Nuno. And now you've got a, a kid who's not a kid anymore, but like you've got a guy who's essentially just useless in his own body because he, he can't string a pass together. It's almost like he's got the yips. So what Conte is doing is two things. A, reacting to a alarming lack of depth in the midfield. B, he's he's saying, Ndombele, you're – like what like I've been saying for years, fuck you, dude. You've got all the talent in the world and you got a 10 cent head. Like you don't care. So I'm not gonna play you. Um but, but what I liked was the was the return. The first half looked like Spurs, the yep. second half looked like th- Conte was like, not fucking today. Yeah. Not today is this fucking happening. He mm-hmm. put he he had the jacket, he didn't have the jacket on, he puts the jacket on. So jacket first step. <laughs> yep. He's ginning up the fucking crowd. He has had it. He either and 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 should they have played that way in the first half? I thought it was a great juxtaposition against Ole, where Ole just never got anything out of United. And in yeah. this one instance, you see the difference between a coach and not a coach, right? When yep. United would come back, it wasn't because Ole did anything. It was because the United players were like, oh, fuck, we got to come back. You yep. never saw Ole get mad. You never saw him yell. You never saw him do anything. With mm-hmm. Conte, he's got fucking an extra half a percent at a White Hart Lane. He yep. literally pushed them on. And it worked. So and the, I saw – The two times I, it's worked I saw this year. Harry Kane. 
the two times it's worked this year is the first game against City where it wasn't anything to do with Nuno. It was coincidentally his first game, but it was it was the um, Tottenham versus the world okay. mentality, especially with City coming in, the whole Kane narrative, all that. Yeah. But this was sort of a we we need our club back, right? I mean, it wasn't the first game with with Conte, but it was the first winnable game, which all narrative aside for a second, leads in the second half. We're going to get into best bets a little bit later on, I guess, or maybe on Thursday or whatever. Yeah. Bet against Leeds in the second half. Holy shit. Not only do they play in aggressive style, so that leaves them open at the back. They have the most goals against in the second half against uh, of any team in the Premier League. That, and they're just bad on defense, right? And, and Spurs, we've talked about Spurs being just stuck in neutral for months now. Basically, going well back into last season – and this is the team that shredded you. Now, granted, they do have all the talent in the world with Sonny and, and, and Kane and, and others. But really? So Leeds, it, it, there's a thing where it's like the doctor will see you now that like Tottenham, if, you're, if your team is ailing, go see Dr. Tottenham and you'll take care of him. It's almost like it's Dr. Leeds, right? Mm. So like, so if you see yeah, a team you, sputtering, you, maybe it, go it, after him. But it was good. I mean, it was up and down. I thought Leeds oh, played yeah. their part. I mean, Leeds always are entertaining, if, even if they lose. But I, sure. I, I do I do want to keep the, the United juxtapositions are one of the things I kept thinking about was like the win that Ole got versus Spurs is now like how the fuck did you lose the well, well no when we talk about it as Cristiano Ronaldo Tottenham legend right because what ended up happening is yeah. you know we had that episode where we said the sword of Damocles and one of these men will That's fall and uh and and it ended up being Nuno right and, so, and that actually saved Spurs's ass like that's what Nuno, I'm saying. Here's the thing. Now you can think about it. Thank God Nuno played that badly because you wouldn't have Conte. And, exactly. Conte would and be. And now you United. do. Right. And thank God. And I, what I don't understand is one of these things that drives me nuts is this. I get the DNA thing like, oh, Conte is not a United guy and this guy is. And I find that to be complete and utter total bullshit. I think yep. it's – I think the the – the coach has to come in and stamp his, his identity team. his identity within the context it's really just performance right like yeah you know oh could could Mourinho have been the united manager yes if he spoke the right way not saying i want to blow it all up or i want to burn it all down or or van hal being it's 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 whether you're whether you're iconoclastic and want to be bigger than a club i don't get the sense that Conte wants to be bigger than clubs. He just wants them to spend, and he's gone to places that don't spend, right? Like, he's, or maybe I don't know Conte well enough. No, I mean, look, the the rap that I got on him from when he was leaving Chelsea is that like he kept complaining about more money, more money, more money, and it was like, hey, man, that's not really what they do there. They give you what you need, right? And so, um, that was what sort of turned me off to, to Conte at the end, aside from the fact that. He he won there, and I hated Chelsea. Not not past tense. Hate Chelsea, but, but they, in the second season they did win the FA Cup. Right, that's correct. Yeah, so I always think of that season as a failure. Well, it was it the league, and then the FA Cup the next year. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so but I I think you know I I do I think the United thing looming, and then Conte and seeing it happen, and seeing what happened with United, and I mean I don't know how de- in depth he went against watching Watford, but. Wofford beat the shit out of United. It was yeah. a it was a down tools performance. It was a holy shit, 
this is really, really bad. Like, mm-hmm. no reaction, not in the second half, nothing. And that was it. It was, it was over. We finally have the sword drop. And again, United bungles this by waiting. Like, yeah. And it doesn't seem that they have any plan. They, well, the weird like, thing is that it's almost like they that that interview that came out too. It was oh, very strange because that, it felt I've like, never seen that. That's pathetic. Me neither. Me neither. But it also so, felt like they did it before the game, didn't they? Yeah. But let's take a step back. So, so Ole, they have the performance. They come out from the break. United are terrible. There's just nothing there. I do want to give a shout out to Tanganga. I was happy to see him. Anyway, he was yeah. still good. He almost mm-hmm. got sent off, but he was fine. Maguire was terrible again. Seven minutes, second half, two yellows, boom, boom, gone. Uh, the front three at Watford of Saar, um, of Saar, Dennis, Dennis and, and, and Josh King, really, really good. They made him look like Mane, Salah, and Firmino. It was like, yeah. what the fuck? What is United doing? Anyway, yeah. we know he's bad. So they fire Ole, but they keep all his coaches who are equally as bad. So mm-hmm. that's weird. So it's, it's Carrick feeling and this and by the way let's stop there because this is how they got into this situation in the first place when they got rid of was it it was Mourinho, Mourinho right yeah so they got rid of Mourinho. they bring in ole as an interim manager he's a guy who's got the juice he's got the the united background and history and then rashford puts the team on his back against i think paris PSG, right? In in the Champions was, League. There was a handball that should have never been called. Right, 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 right. And so there was like two or three wild results early on, and everybody's singing Ole at the wheel. And now you've signed yourself up for what ended up being what three years uh of of just just complete, you know, utter uselessness and and so mediocrity. And now you're bringing in Michael Carrick, who sounds a whole lot like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in that same interim role. And what happens if they go on a run right now? Hell, I'm rooting for it now because I want to see them do this shit again, right? The idea is that he's going to have it. He's going to have it until the season ends, right? But that's exactly what they said with Ole. They're going to get drunk on on short-term success if it comes because they did it once, they're going to do it again. And the real reason why I want that is because I really don't want Pochettino in United. (laughs) It's It's... I think United will bungle it. It seems to me that there's a deep structural damage in the team. It starts at the top. The ultimate decision makers are the Glazers. It doesn't seem to me that there's a hierarchy of a football person there at all. I think, again, we'll probably t- we'll, we're going to touch on Arsenal. I think one of the things that's interesting when you juxtapose it with Arsenal is Arsenal went through the same structure with three or four different attempts at football structure, but they did eventually hit on it with Edu and Arteta and a couple other guys. They tried with Miss but at least they tried to modernize after Wenger. I yeah. think with 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 um with SAF leaving, after Ferguson left, he literally ran the whole team in his head. He was yeah. all the roles. Like and Moise came were, in like, did you write anything roles. down? Like, no, I didn't write anything down. It's just all up here. No, I'll tell it. you in, I'll tell you over lunch. No. Now, to be fair, I think Moyes did that at Everton. He really was running it the way that you, that, that Ferguson yeah. ran it. Yeah. But I think at United, it's a little bit different. So, so if you have that, I mean, I, and I think it's really hard. I think you have, a, you have a multi-billion dollar business publicly listed on the stock exchange, American owners who think 
they can run it like it's the an NFL team where you have time and you can just kind of like take the Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and kind of go five years sucking and then go, oh, look, it's Tom Brady. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Right. And kind of go, oh, yeah, that'll work. We, you, you, it, it, it's, that, it's that fourth estate that we talk about, right? In, in the NFL, it's owners, players. That's it. And television. <laughs> this, yeah. the, the idea of fans having that, that, that cudgel to beat, bait you over the head with is just Americans just don't get it. We're just like, what do, what do you mean we have to win? What do you mean? I, we hit the revenue number. What, what's the problem? Yeah. Because you didn't do it right. You have to, this other estate is here that yeah. you have to please. And they kept Ole for that estate. And now they're going to have to try and navigate some method of, a, they're, they're still playing like PR management with how they pick a manager. It's kind of a disaster. Well, that's what I mean. I think that and, and I, I'm rooting okay. for the art. I think even you as a City yeah. fan, can't you find it in your cold black heart to root for a little oh, bit of short-term of success so that it ultimately oh. torpedoes the next two years for United? Here's what I know. Teams that are well-run beat teams that are not, right? Sure. And United are not well-run no matter what they do, whether they get Pochettino, whether they get fucking Bill Shankly. They're not going to be good. Or Bill or Nicholson. It doesn't matter who they have. They will fail. They're just, I think unless they just spend over the top and go crazy. Well, sure. I don't necessarily agree because despite the fact that they're dysfunctional, despite the fact that they don't play together, and by the way, Bruno is sort of being found out this year, um, I do think they're still just a Declan Rice away from being the best team in the in the country. So I think they're one good position player away and a good coach, sure, obviously. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I listen. So if you bring in Ten Hag, if you bring like, in Pochettino, if you bring in Zidane, who I know doesn't want the job, but like, if you bring in one of those players, that's, he's going to look at the fine, but he's going to look at the team and go, "Yeah, there's a huge fucking hole right in the number six, giant gaping hole. How about we go get Declan Rice? How about we go get somebody else? Right? Like, if if they go in and they say, "Oh, I have effectively unlimited funds as Manchester United's coach. I don't need him. I just need one really good player, sixty-five, seventy million dollars, done." They're going to be yeah, in the yeah, title race I, next I year. Think, I think you're right. I think – yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I had said it a million times. I was like, this is the best team in the country, and they're terrible because they're yeah. not coached at all, yeah. right? They'll be so much – they'll be so happy once they have a coach. They'll be like, oh, my God, look look what's happening. Uh, I do want to talk about teams that do have good coaching. <laughs> um, I do there, – there there was thing – you know, we had, we had Liverpool versus Arsenal, and mm -hmm. I think we thought – that Arteta might be a good coach. And this was one of those litmus test games for Arsenal. And they failed, but not too badly. It wasn't a, oh, they need to go back to the zero. They had a way they wanted to play. They did try and play it. They showed some resiliency. They had Ramsdale make a bunch of saves. And then Arteta and Klopp got into a pretty high quality on the touchline spat where they're mm -hmm. yelling at each other. Uh, Arteta literally jumped in the air and was pushed back. So it was a quality one. Yeah. Um, but it was at Anfield and that ginned up the crowd, which ginned up Liverpool. And then from the half hour mark to the end of the game, 
Arsenal felt the full wrath of Liverpool at home angry. Yep. And they got the doors, they got the doors blown off them. Yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, if you listen to the show, I have been banging on Arsenal and saying, fade them, fade them, fade them. They're pretenders. They're not that good. This was the game to make all of my money back. Uh, I didn't bet it because I moved this weekend and had completely forgotten uh, until after kickoff, which I was very yeah. upset about. But yeah. um, let me let me. Hit yeah, but you middle. wouldn't you wouldn't have said four. I would have said if it was one and a half. I would have said smash Liverpool. Um, uh-huh. But um, let me take my foot off the hate Arsenal gas for a second. I don't think they're they're certainly not as bad as it as a four nil. Scoreline no. looks no. especially, no. especially like you said, at Anfield, where Arsenal will be defined like many teams in this middling part of the of the table against is, Wolves. It's well, yeah, but that's but that's December twenty eighth. It's the <laughs> the f- holiday fixture festive festival period, festive period. Jesus Christ, that starts realistically on Saturday. Uh, you're going to have mm-hmm. games pretty much every three days in the league. Um, this is where Arsenal have had an advantage in the last six weeks because they haven't had any European titles or any, excuse me, any European games or um, titles for that matter. <laughs> or titles. Thank you. Uh, and so, uh, that's going to be a real test for them, obviously, like it is with everybody else, but now they're on even footing. So Newcastle at home, you have to win that game. You go to old Trafford. What, who knows what they're going to look like in 10 days time. Um, and then Everton Actually, is a yeah. game that you need to win as well, but that's a way that's are, back up those in, are, in those Liverpool. Are tough games, They're tough yeah. games. Yeah, I just thought, I just thought, I, did, I, I just thought watching Arsenal, it didn't feel the same manner of this is pathetic. This was just Liverpool at 12. And as a City fan, I know what Liverpool at 12 is like. Yeah. And it's just these, those moments when Liverpool is at their best, they're the best team in the world and it's not close. Like, yeah, those, you're just like, well, why I don't know what to do. What are we, like, yeah, they, oh. they completely suffocate you. Now, granted, some of these were self-inflicted. Like I think Tavares made a couple of bad passes. Some of them were just really bad, but they're clinical. Trent Alexander-Arnold making passes. They just like it's just you're just like we're we're fucked. Yeah, just you cover know, the face, Joe, take body shots, yeah, and fall. yeah, you're just like okay, we made three mistakes and they scored goals on all three. And granted, I didn't see any Smith Rowe. I didn't really feel like Arsenal had any chances, but they did suffer together and i thought that was actually good versus some of the previous uh arsenal things where they just get battered and it's like hang your head this was like well and there's finger pointing a lot of that right so they they were okay and i think they just have to go we're not ready this we're not here yet and no no and and like you said there are three teams in the league that are and we've said that it you know a lot on the show it's chelsea it's city it's liverpool in whatever order you want um, but those are the three and then there's the rest and, and realistically, yeah, and, and the rest are really close together. <laughs> like, they are. Yeah. I mean, long, between it's a seven, long list of rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And the funny thing is I would not put United in the rest right now. Now one, one game later, they probably would be back in it. But that, the, 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 the thing I love about West Ham is that they want to be Tottenham so bad that they even mimicked the very, very brief glimmer of hope near the top of the table. So uh, they yeah. they struggle against Wolves, who are finally getting the bounces that we saw, we expected them to get early on. Um, mm-hmm. And and they go into the Molyneux, which is always a tough game to play, and they lose one late uh, to, 
to the uh, two wolves, and it's something that's been coming. So I'm not really surprised at all. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and I and I got I got respect. I got a shout out from our friend Karthik Krishnayer, who just was like, "Oh, this guy." You know, Laurent said that wolves are good. I'm like, it's just XG against versus. You know, you can see it. It's just you can yeah. see it when they play. You could see the Triore kind of not finishing things. You could see they had a better way to play because that team was always good. And, yeah. you know, I think that they were they were getting better uh, the whole time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, West Ham's not there yet. They they don't have the consistency. You would expect that they would have had a better result, but I think that injuries are... Agvana makes a difference. I don't... I mean, they lose 1-0. They didn't score anything. But, I mean, uh, Mikel Antonio was flying on private jets to play for Jamaica. He scored his first goal. So, I mean, yeah. these are guys, they're not... I just I just flew from fucking Sweden and I'm like three days in and I don't know what planet I'm on so I can't imagine <laughs> where these guys are. Um, but and then and then to, to round out our big three, hold uh, on, wait, got, um, one more Liverpool, point on Wolves, uh, Chelsea. One more point yeah, yeah. on Wolves is yeah. uh, who's your manager of the season so far? If you had to pick one right now, and why is it Bruno Lage? The manager of the season is Mo- <laughs> It depends. Uh, I think it, it. I think narrative will drive this a lot. I think if Conte can pull Spurs into like a winning run down the stretch, sure. he would be the obvious no, answer. No, I know, but 12 games um, in. It, it would be, it's almost Moyes again. Yeah. I, well, look, I mean, it's uh, for me, looking at the table, it's Moyes, Bruno Lage, um, and um, uh, Vieira at Palace. Those are the three for me. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. 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 But so, I mean, pallets are just like, but palace is just like the thing, the thing that everybody and, has to well, really the have the, the season is, 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 is Gallagher. That, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. But the thing you have to remember about crystal palace is that they didn't have first team players on like July 31st. Right. They had like three first team players. They lost like 10 guys to free agents. Uh, end of you know running down their contract. They didn't have like I can't stress this enough. They didn't know who was going to be playing for them, and so they pieced it together. They got you know they got Gallagher on loan, which was a huge huge get. But uh, a number of players came in. So you know if there was a GM of the year, it's most definitely Palace, and I don't think it's close. Um, oh, but yeah. but having Vieira bring all those pieces together more or less and hit the ground running was incredibly think, impressive so far. I think this was something so we'll take a digression before we talk Chelsea. This was something that Palace had been wanting to do with under Steve Parrish, who's the who's the who's the um the chairman? Chairman. They had taken the investment money, they had wanted to play, they had that window under uh Frank De Boer. He loses, he goes 0 and 8. Yeah. <laughs> I was excited for De Boer and that didn't go well does, at all. It does it doesn't work. Then you bring in Hodgson. He stabilizes them, keeps them in the league. Everybody likes him. They keep playing under him. And I think that they sort of targeted this season of just like, hey, let's let this group run down. Let's let Roy finish it out. We're still in the league. And I think they targeted this whole thing. I think they knew they wanted to go attacking. I think they knew that they wanted to play and have a team that reflected the neighborhood in a weird way. Because like, all those South London kids, Zaha and 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 uh, Eze and all those kids with the flair, they wanted the team to reflect the neighborhood. And I think that matters. I think there's a weird 
connection there. And I think Vieira, as much as he's a he's an Arsenal guy, he sort of reflects that as well as an immigrant community. And I think it, it, it made sense. And I think they they had the they had the right target. They basically have taken find the most exciting player in the championship, buy him a year before anyone notices, and then yeah. have him on your team. Yeah. Right. So as a uh, like find that Zaha replacement to take two or three swings at it. You know, it's almost like taking that. It's like tanking in the NBA, except you do it differently. You don't, you don't yeah, right. tank. You simply get those number one drafts picks and start putting them in your pocket. Speaking yeah. of which I saw Ryan Sessegnon play again. Oh, yes. he did. <laughs> he played. Wow. Yesterday. He played at Spurs. Yeah. He brought him on. Yeah. Everyone has a chance under Conte. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I, the, the, the less spoken about Chelsea, the better. They, the thing I noted was they just they just killed Leicester. It wasn't close. Yeah. And Leicester are still sputtering. They're in that group. The ball moved fast. It was like boom, 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 boom. That was really shocking. And then Rudiger, they had a cool set piece goal. It was sick. They just And then they scored, I think, three late offside call goals, which was before the three. So so there were at least four or five extra goals. Leicester's in trouble. I think as someone who's gone through this, when your manager gets your head turned. I was going to say, he's checked out. Your team can suffer. The player, I think, I think we're talking about these, you know, they talk about fine margins all the time. If you're not committed, you're in trouble. No, the margin gets wider. And if I feel like for a guy like Vardy, who you can tell he's like Jake Taylor in major league, right? He's just like, yeah, he's, he's trying to get everybody galvanized again. But when he sees uh, Brendan Rogers sort of start to waver and waffle and even, a little even, bit. Yeah. But even if it's goes, not like, wow, it's not whatever. right. But it's, even if it's not mean or nasty, it's just, it just is right. It's the business, right? No, How do you it's, it's not nasty. It's, it's organic. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, it's human nature. You go, oh, you, you, instead of, you said it about Kane, the difference between Harry Kane in the first half and Harry Kane in the second half was not anything that you could see on the score sheet, but it felt different. And you can say that about Leicester between, call it the last few years and more or less most of this season. And it's very interesting to me that Brendan Rodgers is still being considered one of the top candidates for a lot of these jobs. Because if you're United, and you, you can't, can't you, you miss can't, this hire, right? You cannot hire Brendan Rodgers. You can't. Listen, if if it were last year, if it, Leicester were, and by the way, they're only five points adrift of fifth place right now, so fine. But they just look like hot garbage. So is that the, if you're so concerned, overly concerned, as you said, about PR and image and how these, these things look, if you were to say that Brendan Rodgers is going to leave Leicester in the middle of the season and then come to United, if you're a United supporter and actually you have a friend of mine who uh, I was talking to today who wants Brendan Rodgers, I don't understand. If you're going to, if you're going to hire Rodgers, hire Potter. Sure. You know what oh, I mean? Oh like, God, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's this, it, I don't think there's, I don't think that there's a significant difference and there's no baggage, right? Mm-hmm. I think Brendan Rodgers is Potter with better, with a better PR firm, right? Like I think they're as good coaches. I think they bring out the most from their players. You know, I do think that Potter is at that level. It just hasn't happened yet because he hasn't had the team yet. No, right? well, Potter Potter doesn't have, like you said, I suppose the PR, but he didn't have the backing of a very memorable season at Liverpool. And then a few, 
you know, basically punching above their weight seasons at Leicester. And let's be very clear. Every season that Leicester is in the top five, I don't care. Championship be damned. Um, they're every punching season, well above their weight. Every season Brighton stays in the Premier League, they're above their weight. I right? understand, but that's not no, as but, but, sexy. No, no, no. I understand that. We're, we, 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 we're saying the same thing, but I'm just saying, like, if you're United, you put the PR machine on to hire Potter because that's actually who you want. You want yeah. someone young who can grow with the team. Now, is he ready for that level? Probably not. But what if? I, yeah. Well, here's a, here's a question. What we just talked about De Boer and Palace, right? Which, by the way, I thought was a great hire at the time. I love the kind of football he plays, and he's probably never going to touch the Premier League yet. He's never going to touch any team again. After that hire, he's flamed out at every single team he's right. been at, even, even Atlanta. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Um, if you bring on Potter, a guy who, quote-unquote, has never done it at the big, big stages before, and I don't believe in that, and I know you don't either, but um, I think there's something what's the leash it. like? Let's, if, if it gets to a really bad start, let's say, which I don't think it would, but – how quickly, how much more quickly would the knives come out? Not just for Potter, but for the Woodwards. And I know he's leaving, but the Woodwards. I think, are the, the, world, I right? think the, the issue, the issue that Potter would have, and this is where the difference between the big clubs and something like a Brighton job is, is he can't walk into the room the way that Steven Gerrard just did and just be like, you've seen me on TV. You've seen me lift the fucking Champions League trophy. This is what I want you to do, right? He yeah, can never do sure. that. And that's what Brendan Rodgers is always going to have a problem with. Now, Tuchel had no problem doing it, but he grinded. He grinded his way through mines. He grinded his way through Bruce Dortmund playing some of the best football they've ever seen. So he has that level of like, I've put yeah. the years under my belt. You know, yeah. I've done, you know, Pogel. Potter doesn't have that. And I think that's always going to be the issue. And I think it's that gravitas piece. Like, like, when you're an all-time great player, and again, this is where Ole had it, and that's kind of what kept him in the job. But Gerard coming in at Villa, we have two managers that came Can in. Can I he just ask like, you a question? He just goes in and he's just, I got this. Is Ole the player comparable to Steven Gerrard the player? Or is he, no. Ole the player, you've said this on the show before, and I think it's a perfect analogy. Uh, is he Aaron Boone the player? He's Aaron Boone. Right. Yeah. So well, actually, but, has, I mean, he did, look, to be fair, he, 10 he years the difference, but, but he's right. much, yeah, he's yeah. closer to Boone than he is to Gerard, right? Like he's Gerard he's, is Gerard is Derek Jeter. Yes. yes. I've actually exactly. made that comparison. I've yeah. made that comparison before as well, but except, so, um, except as a loser, well, sort of a loser, sort of, but <laughs> for one thing, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Ole is known for one thing. It's, it's, you know, it's it's incredibly, you know, dramatic and great and all that stuff. But it's not as if he was the bus driver for a decade, right? He was a he was a, a supporting actor who had a really, really great line in an awesome comedy movie. That's what he was, right? He was, yeah, uh, I mean, he's, 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 he was like Kevin James in one of the decent-ish you, Adam Sandler you, movies. Basically, what he was was a club legend who greets you when you go to the uh, the boxes. Yes. Who ended up getting the job. Like yes. my analogy was this, the way I thought about it was, it would be as though they did a, who wants to be the Man United manager, collected all the great, all like all the uh, all timers day guys show up and they did a show and he won. 
<laughs> like he beat out Steve Bruce for the keys to Man United. He's like, and Ole, you are now the Manchester yeah. United manager. And he's like, yeah, you are the father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's basically what it is. It was like a, a reality show guy who gets to be the yeah, head of the job, yeah. but the contestants were all former United players. You know, yeah. Gary Neville drops out immediately because everyone hates him. And he's like, oh, at this moment in time, I'm leaving the show. So fuck him. Uh, but yeah, I, it's it's shocking. It's shocking. It's uh, it's one of these things where I'm not sure um, <laughs> what they do. But I do I do want to sort of go to the last of my big threes is our uh, our our things is is just another another city performance against Everton. Um, this game will be remembered as the game where. Jao Cancelo made the greatest pass anyone has ever seen in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Right-footed onto Raheem Sterling's foot. No problem. Goals. Right. And we're there. Um, where do you want to go next, Mike? Yeah, no. Uh, I actually want to switch gears. I want to talk about that Canadian CONCACAF chaos we talked about in the Open. Because uh, when we left you last, last Tuesday, was just after the U.S. had absolutely trounced Mexico. Uh, and I he I had some words of caution because at that point, we were only halfway through the CONCACAF um, World Cup qualifying. The U.S. was top of the table. Everything was looking good. But there was danger afoot, especially for a team that was on sort of shaky footing like the U.S. men's national team was. What we learned was that two, three days later, the U.S. dropped points against Jamaica. You already mentioned Mikel Antonio, that son of a bitch. Um, the U.S. drops points. They are no longer top of the table because the Canadian national team played with Father with General Winter on their side in the most uh, frozen game that Mexico's ever played in. 2-0, almost another Dos Acero, with a late Mexico goal to make it 2-1. And now Canada, the Canadian national team, is top of CONCACAF with games in January coming up where it's going to be even colder. So um, I got to say, it's going to be difficult to knock them, uh, certainly all the way down to one of the, even the fourth spot where you're not going to have, um, you know, you're going to have to be on that playoff. So right now, Canada's one, US two, Mexico three, and I believe it's Panama four. I'm not looking at the table right now, but. Um, yeah, I don't know the, where it goes from here. The nickname is Iceteca. <laughs> Iceteca, nice. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I do want to. I do want to give us some credit. I mean, we we both were like, why not Canada? Yeah, like, they have the best player. They now have uh, Jonathan David, who's leading league on in scoring mm -hmm. uh, from a, a already led a team to win the league in league on. Where's he going to go next? Is he the next striker to make the jump to the champion to to the Premier League? Because as we said before, narrative dictates you're not a real player until you're in the until you're in the Premier League, which yeah. is bigger than the Champions League, which is coming back, and we don't even care because these games don't matter. Uh, maybe for a couple of teams, uh, and so you know, I think in the, the Alfonso Davies thing, David, a team that plays as a unit, we've seen it with Wales, we've seen a good coach galvanizing a country to pull around them. There's no reason why not Canada. They're early. They, they're looking at 26. They don't care about 22. And they're going to yeah. make it. So that's fun. Not only are they going to make uh, it. So, all right, going back to the table, I do have it up now. 
U.S. on 16, U.S. I'm sorry, Canada on 16, U.S. on 15, Mexico and Panama tied on 14. Now Mexico's got the difference in uh, the the tiebreaker and goal difference, but what we're talking about is a scenario, a disaster scenario where Mexico could be playing for their lives to get into the World Cup, which has happened, I think, in both of the not the 2018, but certainly the 2014 World Cup. Um, let me ask you this: How hot is Tata Martino's seat right now? Hot. Yeah. Because, because they don't this doesn't happen to Mexico, quote unquote, no. right? They well, they are they are very much in the Chelsea realm of things where they react and overreact and uh, not even Chelsea, more more Watford than Chelsea, right? They they change their manager more than they change their underwear down there. They so will, uh, he yeah. he he should be getting close to fired. It, yeah. It's actually that bad. I want to uh, see do, who they're playing in in, in January. They, they may have to they may have to appoint Dean Smith for mexico okay so they have two soft games in Jan- in january coming up um but there's th- it's they're shoehorning him again jamaica costa rica and then a massive game at home i believe against panama uh on february 2nd so we'll see what that looks like then and then conversely panama in that next stretch because this is going to go a long way right like so Actually, they have the opposite. They have Costa Rica, then Jamaica, and then Mexico. So if you you can envision both of these teams get six out of six from those first two games, that is an absolutely massive showdown uh, on February 2nd. So you could be looking at you know the, the biggest game in CONCACAF. And ironically, you're, you're, I'm completely neglecting the fact that the U.S. is going to play Canada three days earlier, right? That's for the top of the table. But realistically... I think it's strange that there's there there doesn't matter as much for the pots and the groups and all that stuff. If you're in, you're in, right? So I don't think it matters. It's just a matter of how quickly you get in. The the what, real thing what? is it, it's it's like the it's like the promotion playoff being bigger than who won the championship, right? Like that's kind of how I think of it in my head. Yeah. So the, the weird Canada, thing is US, we're, we're literally one year out from the World Cup. One. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and I'm starting to get excited about it. That game against Mexico really jazzed me up. We're going to have the uh, Winter Olympics in February, which I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm talking about that USA-Canada. In fact, we might have USA-Canada in uh, in soccer and then in hockey, like three or four days back to back to each other. So um, I'm our shows that week, I'm going to be really like full on. I'm going to have face paint. I'm going to be talking some <laughs> shit about maple syrup. It's going to get wild in here. Um, so, yeah, Mike, I mean, we that's, had, that's we, had we had we had two three threes. Yeah, let's get into yeah. that. Two three threes for teams that uh, shouldn't have three threes. Uh, Burnley and Crystal Palace. Actually, I'll put these two together because it's all the greatest hits. It's Burnley, Crystal Palace, and then it's uh, Brentford and. Uh, Newcastle. The results don't matter. I don't really care. All that matters is Gallagher was incredible. St. Yeah. Maximin scored two goals was incredible. Um, Ivan Tony scored two yeah. goals was incredible. Yeah. And then Burnley was my guy Cornet, just like being the black stallion who who in this field of old beat up junky white English players. No, they're not, annihilating even, like, they're the they're not even like white horses. They're cows, right? <laughs> he's like he's like the herding dog. Yeah, right and, yeah. and a he, bunch he, of sheep. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. It's like a bunch of soot-faced, 
fucking coal miners and there's this beautiful exactly what Mount Burnley is how have we not made a coal miner joke about Burnley and yet? then there's this beautiful 40 million episodes god damn it there's this beautiful French African who just comes in and just gives them something completely new completely beautiful and scores goals that no one on their team would ever score ever in a million years <laughs> and then of course Gallagher set up uh, Benteke twice and Benteke missed one Gallagher is by far my favorite player. I can't even deal with him. He's like, he's just a, a shit Jack Grealish, but Jack Grealish is shit. So maybe he's actually the new Jack Grealish. The only thing I don't love about it is that at the end of the year, he's got to go back to fucking Chelsea. So I'm already maybe they, maybe, they, maybe But he won't play at Chelsea. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah. By the way, another weird story to follow is Newcastle is bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norwich, two wins in a row. Farkas win. And then Dean Smith got a win against Southampton. Yep. By the way, Hassan Hudel for United, I'm just putting it in the air. Uh, no. No, it wouldn't. It would be bad. We <laughs> fell in love with him, and we were sold snake oil. I like him still, and I want to root for him. I want, these, I want them to stay up. That would be a disaster. You no, know what? Actually, seems- now <laughs> I like it. Because <laughs> he would if- cry when he beat Liverpool? Yeah, uh, no, he would cry when he got his shit kicked in by Liverpool. Did you see his? He's wearing the three-piece suit, by the way. It looks very. Cool. Oh, I didn't see gi- that on a okay. giant man. He's wearing. He's wearing the. He's no. Tra- he's tracksuit out, three-piece in. Is he uh, trip? He's triple-breasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking good. Ooh, okay. But losing, losing to Norwich is. Ugh. But I love a good, Dean Smith I love gets a, a good triple-breast. So, but... so we've we now have Newcastle, bottom of the table, with the Saudis in place, Eddie Howe. In his hotel room because he got COVID before the game. <laughs> so he's got two weeks sitting in his hotel room. They did come out and attack. Max, I just want to see Maxim, you know, say Maxim just go nuts and not defend. I don't care what the hell he does. As long as he does insane things like spin around. I want him to do a spinorama goal. That's I, my goal for him is to do a spinorama. Because spinoramas are cool in every sport, including, especially in hockey. Oh, especially um, in hockey. Let's th- let's. Um, come up with a reason, another reason to root against Newcastle. If they go down, they will sell St. Maximin. No, they won't. You don't Maybe think they will? Oh, you don't yep. think he'll stay there for a year? No, they won't have to sell him. He'll want to leave. Yes. Okay, that's correct. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a chance then he goes to, you know, one of the, there's a chance he goes to Brighton. Oh my god! Okay. Oh my god! You would, yeah. you would, you would light all of your Manchester City stuff on fire live on the oh, show, god. and, and uh, denounce do, them I, forever and become a bright. You would, you would, you would like it'd be like a gender reveal. You would just like unzip your jacket yeah. and it'd be a big Brighton shirt. I think, I think the problem I'm having right now is there's too many good fun teams. Like the shit part of the league, you know, outside of the big three, which we kind of tried to touch on. Like there's these three teams; they're going to win the league. Then five through. Whatever. 12. They're, they're all really good and really likable. And it's sad that three teams have to go down. Like, even Burnley, you just like, well, is Deitch yeah, going to really yeah. go down? Or like, okay, wait, 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 gonna, time out. Is it, is it really going to be Leeds? Is it going to be Norwich? Time out. Sure? Burnley is likable for Burnley because they have one good player and we all have Stockholm syndrome based on what they usually look like. And then we go, okay, well, I mean, that guy's great, right? It's almost as if, if, um, uh, you know, arose by another name, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, 
I don't subscribe to that. They are more fun than past iterations of Burnley, but they can still get fucked back to the championship. Get the hell out of here. I'm done with Burnley. I'm not letting okay, you so win me if, over. If I, if I go by my XG per 90, worst teams are Norwich, Newcastle, Watford. And Tottenham. Okay. But Watford have these... No, not anymore. Tottenham are, not, are, are moved up the list. They're now... Good. Uh, right in the middle of the table, right exactly Good. where you'd expect it to be. Yep, yep, but yep. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal are actually uh, um, Liverpool are the best in City. These two, the three that we expect are, are there. And then, strangely, uh, uh, Crystal Palace is in the top five for that. That doesn't surprise so me. I'll keep my keep my eye on that. So Norwich, we think would go down. That wouldn't be a surprise. Newcastle going down. They have to make it in January, but they need to be in striking distance. And then Watford. No, I don't, I don't know think what they Watford's do. To, wait, to to stay up? No, they don't. Um, they need to be within. And this is a this is a big number, but I would say if they are right now, they're five. If they're mm-hmm. within ten points of seventeenth place, they can pull out of that. Anything more is going to be <sighs> tough. But ten, ten, ten points. Is a lot. Yeah, it is. But think about it in the context of man. It's if if. Let's say if Liverpool's chasing Chelsea and on January 1st, they're 10 points behind. You're like, oh my God, that's a lot of points. It is because Chelsea is not going to drop 10 points. Not because Mm. Liverpool have to make up 10 plus from wherever they are. If Newcastle has to make up 10 plus points on Leeds or on Watford, that is not the same as making up 10 points on the title challenger. So I do think the line is probably 10, maybe even a little bit more, but not a lot. Um, but yeah, and especially it, 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 with the context of you're fighting for your fucking life, every point matters relative to we're 10 points behind. We're chasing this un, you know unwinnable war essentially with Chelsea or, or City or whoever it is at the top of the table at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking yeah. at the group here, right? Like Norwich is a go-down candidate. Watford, Arsenal is down here, but there's no way Arsenal's going down. Burnley's there. Villa's there. Leeds Villa's are there. there. Uh, I don't think Villa's going down. Uh, speaking of where you know, Gerard had his first game, he showed the passion almost the same way that Conte does that kind of like jump and punch what you want. Like Chuck sure. does it in a, in a neurotic way. Uh, Tuchel just, does it in a neurotic way. I just worry that it's going to seem phony with Gerard. It's not. It's, I'm not. Wait till things don't think things go a little bit sideways. Not a lot. Two losses on the bounce. I I I I I really like him. I I watched him. I'm not I watched, saying I don't like him. I'm just weary no, I, of I, I, them I, I, buying I, his all the way through. I watched all his stuff with Rangers, and he he's got the right manner. Like he comes with the suit and the tie and the jacket. He's not like he's not fly by night. Like he's he's taking the intensity that he took as a player to be the best player he could be, and he's yeah. taking that intensity to be the best manager he can be. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not. And he's not egomaniacal that he got guys that are real managers who really know what they're doing. And to this point of like, oh, wow, sure. that, that shows maturity, right? Like, oh, he's not afraid. He's got big personalities on his staff that yeah. actually do stuff. So, And, and again, think good. about what, all of the things, the same, the same way the mindset I just cited about the 10-point gap. You have Think about the teams you have to beat just to stay up which realistically is Villa's goal this season. I know Gerard's going to have higher ambitions to get them to mid-table, which you could argue is just as likely um, as them staying up. But they have to be worse than Watford, Leeds, and Burnley. Basically, all three of them. 
they're not going to do that. They're, they'll be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I, I, I am starting to get worried for Brentford. I don't I, I don't want to be, but I am too. Um, but again, they're a team that attacks. They're a team that goes to play for wins and not draws. So if they lose the next three and they win two, they'll be fine. They need to get the keeper thing right. I know. <laughs> that that I know. keeper thing is worrying me. Uh, anything else? We've got Champions League. City play PSG. Pochettino in Manchester. Mm. I'm not, I'm not uh, liking it. Uh, Chelsea play Juve. This is a weak Juve. They should have no problem with Juve because they're so, so good. They don't give up any goals. Well, Juve is uh, one of the only teams that's beaten them this year. You, is, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. Um, um, and City. And that's actually a game for the top of the group, isn't it? The Villarreal United game. I, I don't think anyone expects anything from United, but Villarreal are not really playing well in Spain. So. Hold on. It let's... shouldn't be close. It shouldn't be close at all. But well, neither should the neither should the young boys game, right? But like, <laughs> we we're gonna learn a little bit about Carrick because it's not a regime change. He's been there the whole time with Ole. So uh, I don't know. But I want to dial it back to Juve and Chelsea for a second. I'm looking at the table right now. Juve's four and zero. Chelsea's three and one. The goal difference is plus two for Juve. A one nil win for Chelsea puts them even. Uh, and I don't know what the second tiebreaker would be. Then goals four, so I think Juve would still have it. But um, it's head to head first. Yeah, but Juve, they'd be uh, even if it's aggregate, right? They won one nothing. So anything. Okay. Uh, you, there are some permutations of this where Chelsea go ahead on on, on goal difference. But the point is that going into the last match day of the of the group, you would have. Juve and Chelsea both on twelve points, both on what would probably be a six goal difference. Um, so there's a lot of different um, avenues for Chelsea to, to um, you know, kind of stamp their mark on and get that first place in the group, which obviously is important because you don't want to be stuck with a, a, a stud team uh, in the round of 16. So, um, but they will get through with a win or any kind of result, uh, it seems. So um, this United, yeah. this United, this United game is massive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like gigantic mm-hmm. for them. Because they then they'll really freak out if they if they <laughs> well I mean Juve and Chelsea are through right it's just who wins the group uh, the only ones that are up for grabs is a shit group with Red Bull Salzburg United Villarreal Atalanta they're all they're all fighting Bayern Barcelona with Javi that doesn't matter the Inter Real Madrid one is still up for grabs but Sheriff is not fucking whatever no no Ajax are the best team in the world that no one talks about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then City PSG, they're both through, but it depends on it's. Well, a, we talked about this a, during the last Champions League midweek game, whatever the mm. fuck match day. Um, Atalanta has just as much of a chance to win that group as United and Villarreal do. So um, I'm very excited to see they should take care of business against Young Boys tomorrow or or whenever the hell they play this week. And um, I think that. It all conting- it's all contingent. If you remember, it was like a month ago and I was sort of getting galaxy brain. I'm like, well, if this team beats this team by this many goals. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're going to have Atalanta on eight. So that means in all likelihood, you're either going to have them tied with all- with both clubs on eight or they're going to be in second place. So um, very, very interesting stuff. And then I think they play Villarreal. Uh, yeah, they play Villarreal and United in their last two games in the group. So... A lot of fun of for for Group F. I think that's one to watch closely. 
Um, I don't really know that there's that much else here. Like you said, we ran through it, but city PSG is the, yeah. the headliner, but I kind of don't care. I don't yeah, know. Why. It's, it's weird. I don't either. Uh, I, I'm just ha- happy the league's back. Happy. We had good games. Happy to see Gerard win. Happy to have Dean Smith pulling things out. Those were good dudes. Um, still fascinated by what happens with United and who the coach is going to be. It's a complete catastrophe. And then Conte and what he does with Spurs second half. Could they, let's, let's say where, what happens to them if they are, if, like if the season started today, if they were top four the rest of the way, I think they could be. They could you know absolutely I mean? like, be top four the rest of the way. I think uh, they'll struggle at the back. You can't have Ben Davies uh, starting in a back three. I mean, he's a good left center back in that, but like, I, I think he's okay there. I think as a, as a wing back and a and, oh, and as, sure. a, as a fullback. I just and Romero's hurt again because of fucking international duty, and I just every time Tottenham get a little bit of momentum, they Plaxico Burris themselves, and it's just back to square one, right? So you know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be can Conte teach Sanchez how to play football. And Joe Rodon, I don't know where the fuck he's been, but like he'll probably play this week on Thursday. And I think that in so much as everybody's got a chance under Conte, you can only play 11 players. So the more games you get under him, the more training sessions you get under him, the more chance of, of making an impression. So I think Rodon's hungry. I think he wants some of these minutes. You're not going to be able to play Dyer, Sanchez, Davies the whole time. You're going if if Romero is in fact out an extended period of time, which is, seems to be the report. Joe Rodon's going to play a big part in the next six weeks. So, so. Uh, so I'm hoping that he gets his shot. All right, I'm ready. All right, let's get out of here. All right, <laughs> that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chalk Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show. It means a lot. We need it. And we will get back to normal scheduling once Next everyone's week. not jet-lagged <laughs> and fucking weird. All After right. Thanks. Bye.